Greetings. You're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. Hello. How are you doing today? I am fantastical. How are you doing? Doing good. Good. Ready to get started? I am super ready. Let's do this. Let's go. So Isela, have you ever used a cell phone before? Many times, yes. Where were you on October 3rd, 2018 at 2.18 p.m. Eastern Time? I would probably have to go through my phone. I'm not sure. Why? Do you remember seeing or hearing anything unusual that day? October 23rd, 2018? October 3rd, 2018. Oh, October 3rd. I don't recall anything offhand. Well, I was hoping you would say that you remembered exactly what happened on that date and time. <laughs> it was the day that we first met <gasps> while receiving the first national presidential alert. <laughs> the first national presidential alert? Yes. <laughs> now, I actually remember this day very fondly okay. just because it was pretty funny. Yeah. I was at work and the company I work for has a lot of employees Roughly about 200 people, give or take. Mm -hmm. I was on my lunch break with a coworker, and usually we do laps inside the building mm -hmm. because we're very healthy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and suddenly we heard what sounded like every single person's cell phone going off at the same time. I remember there were people on the phones talking to clients, frantically trying to shut them off. Others had gone to lunch and left their phones in their desks, so they just continued buzzing the most annoying sound. <laughs> The chaos was invigorating. Oh my goodness. I felt like I thrived and flourished amidst the mayhem. <laughs> Sadly, it was very short-lived. It lasted maybe 10 or 20 seconds at the most. Uh -huh. But the impression will last me a lifetime. Oh, wow. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive into this topic in a little more detail. Yeah. My sources are... The Long Strange History of the Presidential Text Alert by Garrett M. Graff from Wired.com. Mm. And cell phone users nationwide just received the presidential alert. Here's what to know by Brian Fung at the Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a very <laughs> sad title. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's actually their tagline, oh, believe wow. it or not. Yeah. Jeez. All right. So I really wanted to play this tone for you. Yeah. And I was super excited about playing it so you could hear it. Uh-huh. But it turns out that we're not allowed to play it. Oh, no. Somebody's, it's like copywritten? No, no, it's not that. Oh. I was going to be a rebel about it and play it anyways. Right. But in my research, I found out that ABC was fined $395,000 oh. when Jimmy Kimmel Live played the tone on the air. No. Yeah. That's... Yeah, we don't got that kind of cheddar. Nope. That's like 10 years of salary or something. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, yeah, I'm not prepared to, to spend that on a podcast. Right. But yeah, apparently they're super serious about this. You're not allowed to broadcast it anywhere because it kind of takes away from the seriousness of it. Oh. So that's the reason why. So I thought it would be wise to err on the side of caution on this one. Right. But what I can do is play a scene from the movie Greenland. <laughs> where they play a tone kind of similar to the presidential alert. Okay. So let me play that for you now. Warning, this is just fake. Yes. You should give an alert. <laughs> That's loud, Dad. What is it? Amber alert. 
presidential alert. So that's an approximation of what it sounds like. Okay. It actually sounds a little bit more ominous than that. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of creepy sounding, right? It is. Yeah. You're definitely like that. Definitely puts you on high alert. You're like, oh my god, space yeah. invaders or something. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just what? age myself? I did. No, no. But wait until I was laughing because wait until I describe um, the. I guess the FEMA's proposed purpose for this. Okay. Now, in case you do want to hear the actual tone. There are clips of the tone online. Mm -hmm. I was able to find some on YouTube. That's why I was really tempted to play the actual tone. Mm -hmm. But um, again, I just didn't want to risk it. Just risk that it get reported. and Yeah, no, it's, let's be safe. I agree with that. Yeah, we could find. Right. So let's dive into a little bit of the history behind this ominous tone. Yeah. So going back to FEMA, we've all heard of them, right? Yeah. It's the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Mm-hmm. And they're usually the government agency that you hear that gets deployed when there's a natural disaster, like an earthquake or hurricane. Now, they have a classified side to what they do. Oh. They actually started out and continue to be the secret doomsday planners of the government. I've heard of this. I'm excited. I was very excited reading that. After I read that, I was like, I kind of want to work there now. Yeah, I'm sure you it do. It sounds <laughs> super metal. <laughs> Ancient Kryptonian deformity, the blood of my blood. What the? Born to destroy you. Your doomsday. <laughs> Shout out to Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio. One of the sickest lines from one of the sickest movies ever. Nice. All right. If that doesn't entice you to watch it, I don't know what will. Yeah, no, that was what I thought about when I saw Doomsday. <laughs> so FEMA's mission is to oversee the continuity of government after a catastrophe by ensuring the evacuation of key officials to mountain bunkers and airborne command posts. The presidential alert is the very rare public display of this classified side of FEMA. The presidential alert from 2018 was the fourth nationwide test of the emergency alert system and the first to use texting. Oh. The texting part was kind of what was trending on that day since it was done during the Trump administration with people either expressing their admiration or disdain at the much-reviled president. That was actually the joke that got Jimmy Kimmel live in trouble. <gasps> oh my God, that's crazy! Yeah. Do you also go into, um, just looking ahead, because you've already told me that this is the fourth one, do you go into the uh, the first three? The first three were just normal kind of alerts, mm, Okay. Uh, but this one was the one where it was actually a text message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what caused all the jokes, yeah. and there were people saying that uh, all the ruckus. Yeah, that it was going to be another avenue for Trump to tweet at the nation and everything. <laughs> and in the gag that got Jimmy Kimmel live in trouble, they had made a fake movie trailer about the alert and they how they were not able to stop it. In the trailer, they broadcast the tone. <gasps> and while it wasn't the case that Trump was going to use it to um, tweet his you know, his villainous ideas at everybody. Mm -hmm. It is true that you cannot block or opt out of presidential alerts like you can with amber and severe weather alerts. Mm. So do you remember getting this message at all? I actually don't recall this at all. This mm. Maybe this is just how important it was to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you if you had it saved on your phone so you can dunk on your peers that didn't get it. Oh. In case you don't remember getting the text message. Mm-hmm. This is what the message read. Okay. Said, presidential alert. 
This is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System.、Mm-hmm. No action is needed. What? That's so weird. I know, right? And for something that they made such a big deal about, it was a very boring text message. Just wanted to call and let you know. Keep doing what you're doing. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. Yeah, it was the most vanilla text message they could have possibly sent. Right. Unlike Amber and Weather Alerts, which are regional or statewide.、Mm-hmm. This was the first time a nationwide alert had been attempted.、Oh. The signal was blasted out of cell phone towers for 30 minutes and was expected to reach 225 million people. That's so many people! Wow. Sadly, I'm not sure how many people that is in metric units, but <laughs> that's probably not so important anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it was assumed that three out of four phones would receive the alert. Mm-hmm. As they accounted that one fourth of people would be out of range of a cell tower or phones that were turned off wouldn't receive it.、Mm. Apparently, you were one of those people that didn't receive the message. I'm, or I might have, and I was just like, "What do you mean? Just like keep on keeping on? Okay, thanks a lot." <laughs> you know, I probably would have just like, "Been there." <laughs> so keep trucking, Isela. <laughs> yeah, keep trucking. That's how I felt. Like they were speaking to me directly, and they were like. Keep that shit up. Awesome. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Now, the reason that this was tested was to ensure that the White House could inform the entire country instantly of serious public emergencies, like a terrorist attack or an invasion. Oh gosh! Speaking of space invaders, I was going to say that makes it sound like it's fucking Mars attacks or Independence Day or something. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> But remember that was the that that was the rhetoric that was being used a lot when you know all these caravans of immigrants were trying to come through, like forcibly kind of coming through. They were like, "It's an invasion." True. I I guess I didn't think about it that way. My mind right away went to extraterrestrial invasion. That's funny. Being who are the key players of the administration during that time, I think the first person that or the first thing that I was really thinking about was like. Some kind of an attack, some kind of nuclear attack, or something from the person that he kept calling Little Rocket Man, which was such an awful idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he didn't retaliate. And、yep. now they're like best friends, apparently.、So. Yeah, they're bros, dude. In the movie Greenland, where I got that tone from, it was used to warn the public of an asteroid that was going to make impact with Earth, and to give instructions to the people that were selected as to where they were supposed to meet, as well as who they were allowed to bring. And what they were allowed to bring.、Mm. So in the movie, it was saying,、um, like the main character, which was played by Gerard Butler, he was allowed to bring his wife and his son, and only those two people. And they were only allowed to bring one bag of essentials.、Mm-hmm. And they were going to be,、um, I guess, in some some type of like mountain bunker or something. I only kind of half paid attention to the movie just because I didn't realize it was going to be so good. So I don't <laughs> remember all the details. So I'm sorry、right. if I'm messing something up. But that was pretty much the gist of the of the movie. That makes sense. Now, despite it being called a presidential alert,、mm-hmm. it's not issued by the president directly. So let's take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, I'll let you know who exactly sends the alert out. No matter what city you go to, it's comforting to know that Big Belly Burger is always going to taste like Big Belly Burger. That's because we've never strayed away from founder Angus T. Bell's vision of delivering the best burger at the best price. 
Whether you're in the mood for our classic Big Belly Burger meal with your choice of the Belly Buster, Belly Bloater, or Belly Flop with fries and orange soda, the Cheese Meister Deluxe with our signature Chocorific or Strawberry Banana Shake, the Chili Cheese Fries with Jalapenos, or the Jolly Meal for the Little Ones, you can be assured that the same care is put into your order as we did in 1988 when Angus flipped his first burger. New for this year, keep an eye out for Big Belly Burger Food Truck outside your favorite venues in Star City, Central City, Hub City, and Detroit. Big Belly Burger is a subsidiary of LexCorp, founded in Coast City, California, 1988. Damn, one of those burgers would sound so good about now. Dude, I was thinking that same thing when uh, she was talking about the jalapeno one. Yeah, My mouth was delicious. just watering and all I have is this pomegranate tea. <laughs> I just have water. Oh, I like water though. Yeah, yeah. tastes good, I guess. I, yeah, I certainly like it. There's definitely people <laughs> that really dislike water. I don't get that. It's kind of my default, I guess. Mm. I don't have anything better to drink. I usually drink water, which I guess is good because... It's healthy. Yeah, it's healthy and you're yeah. supposed to drink eight glasses. Yes. Although I heard that was a bit of a myth, so... I don't think that's a myth. I think it also depends on how much you do throughout the day. But I think, you know, I think eight eight glasses of eight ounces, which eight ounces is not very big. I mean, we're like a in America where like everything's like the double big gulp type... <laughs> you know, Route 66 ounce type thing. So it's really not that big. True. So how was your break, Isela? It was lovely. I had some delicious pomegranate tea. I was knocking it earlier, but it actually... Sprayed. Yeah, I feel like you keep rubbing that in. And <laughs> Did you get any presidential alerts during the break? Sadly, no. Now I really want to hear this tone. <laughs> <laughs> off the air, off the mic, I'll send you the a video where you can hear it. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. So what would be the scariest alert that you could imagine getting? Probably that there's an asteroid that's going to hit Earth and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, that is pretty scary. Mm-hmm. What about yours? Either that or like a nuclear bomb or something. Mm. I think those would be the, because like you said, there's really nothing you can do about it. Right. I mean, you can't get in a car and drive out of the area fast enough. No. And, um, and we don't have basements here. We don't have basements. Yeah. And if... um. Those uh, post-apocalyptic movies have taught me anything. Is usually everybody gets cut up on the highway and traffic gets backed up and everybody gets stuck there. Yeah. Yeah, that would really not be good. I know. I think at that point I would just be like, why are we trying to use roads? You know what I mean? <laughs> I would want an ATV and like, fuck the roads. Just, just kind of make my own road. <laughs> Very back to the future. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah, get, go to um, Virgin Galactic. Oh, and yeah. get on uh, Richard Branson's <laughs> little space airplane and right. just get the hell out of here. That sounds pretty good. We had that kind of cash. <laughs> yep. Now, before the break, I teased that it's not the president that actually issues the alert. Do you want to take a guess at who sends it? Well, wouldn't it be this FEMA? Yeah, you're right. Oh. I wish I had like a little bell or something that I could ring. I know. I need that uh, That cool little... You know, that... <laughs> Oh, yeah, please, I came through. Okay, sorry. Kind <laughs> of sound like you were slapping something else there, but yeah, yeah, that did sound a little bit wrong. My apologies to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. 
FEMA sends the alert out, and they can only send that out when authorized by the president or a representative of the president on behalf of the White House. So how does this all work? It's pretty simple, actually. When FEMA feels like they have to warn the nation about something, they ask for authorization from the president or the representative for permission. Mm -hmm. Once permission is granted, they enter the message through an online system called the Integrated Public Alert and Warning System, Hmm. or IPAWS for short. And when you actually see IPAWS spelled out, it kind of looks like it would be an Apple robot dog or something. Oh. Made of a solid block of aluminum (laughs) available in gray or dark gray. And and the message is then routed from there to wireless carriers who send that out to their subscribers. Oh, wow. So they get on this system that shoots it out to like all the carriers? Yes. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. And then from there, it's dispersed and broadcast by the cell towers for 30 minutes. Mm. The way they kind of have it designed is that even if you're outside of the range of cell towers, or let's say you have your phone turned off. Right. When you turn it back on, you should get the message. But based on this last testing that they did. It didn't. More people didn't get it than they they anticipated. Oh. Oh, wow. It's also a little bit scary that they're even testing at this point, right? Like, what what are you preparing for? Should I be preparing for something? And then all of a sudden the doomsday people like really come out. And then all of a sudden toilet paper is really not found. That's a nice segue into what I was going to get to right now. Oh, good. Okay. The federal government is actually required by law to test its alerting system every three years. Oh, I see. So that's why. So it wouldn't be just a a toilet paper outage. Yes. (laughs) As you suggested. Right. When when I was reading that, I was like, okay, so it was in 2018, uh, 2019, 2020, 2021. This will be the year that we have another one. Yeah. So I thought. Great. That means that we are due to get this one this year. Yeah. And I thought, how awesome would it be to release this podcast the week of the alert? Ooh. But the alert would have happened, if it happens, on August 11th, 2021. And it's going to be at 2.20 p.m. Eastern, which Mm. I think is just a really bad missed opportunity to do it at 4.20 p.m. But but either way... um, It's not going to be that exciting because it's not going to be a presidential alert. Mm. It's just going to be a regular test. um, test. Yeah. Yeah. So only the phones that have opted in to receive test messages will be getting it. So that's a lot less exciting. Yeah. But now everybody will be able to finally hear this tone that we've been now like super curious about. I want to say it's going to, it's a little bit different. I think the tone for the presidential alert is just slightly different, just kind of to differentiate. Got it. But um, I know the first time that I got an Amber Alert, and this is probably like a really bad confession on my part. <laughs> I remember the first time I got it, it was like at three in the morning. Oh. And it woke me up because it was like the loudest freaking thing. Oh. So I ended up going into settings and turning off all the alerts. Oh, no. Yeah. That is sad. So now you don't get them? I don't get any Amber Alerts or Silver Alerts or... Oh. Um, I, do, I did leave the severe weather alerts on. Yeah. Just because I kind of feel those are important. I I think the Amber ones are, they're important when you're not sleeping. So you can actually keep an eye on True. True. Yeah. And I I don't want to discount them and make them sound like they're not important, but they're not immediately important to me. Right. Not at 3 a.m. Yeah. 
Yes. I mean, getting an alert that a girl was kidnapped from Dallas, Texas at three in the morning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's terrible, but I don't live in Dallas. I live like 12 hours away from Dallas. Right. So, and I'm not going to go out there at three o'clock in the morning to, to go find her, sadly. Well, I mean, she's not that close. Right. And weather alert, I feel that would be a lot more immediate for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel you there. Yeah. But I think I'm very like, you know, very the opposite where if I see like an Amber Alert at 3 a.m. and there's, like you said, maybe a 12-year-old girl missing or something like that. And I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. Who can sleep at a time like this now? <laughs> Sometimes it'll, it can really mess you up. So yeah, I'll just have to live with it. It definitely is very sad. Mm. And it just sucks that there has to be a system and put in place. For sure. You know, for things like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. So going back to the uh, presidential alerts, now that we kind of brought the mood down of the entire podcast. <laughs> so what would happen if it was a real emergency? Let's say it was a nuclear strike or an alien invasion. Ooh. Americans would have roughly 8 to 12 minutes to seek shelter before the missile arrives and annihilates us all as we perish in the hot winds of death <laughs> and our lives flash before <laughs> our lives with the images of all the horrible or embarrassing atrocities we've ever committed. Oh my gosh, that's pretty bad. Eight to 12 minutes is not a lot. No, and, and I kind of was thinking, would I really want to know that my life was about to end in eight to 12 minutes? Oh my goodness, that makes me think of a, so what would you do in eight to 12 minutes if you knew everything was going to cease? Well, at least around you. I mean, honestly, it's not a lot of time to really do anything. Right. I think it's just going to be 8 to 12 minutes of anxiety thinking what my final moments are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would just, I don't know, call up my parents. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, thank you. I love you for everything. Yeah. yeah. I love you guys. And in case you haven't heard, we're dying in 8 to 12 minutes. <laughs> I, would, I don't think I would really say that. <laughs> Have a happy life. <laughs> Have a happy final rest of the two minutes that we're, we have to live. So sad. Now, thinking about this anxiety of thinking that you maybe have 8 to 12 minutes to live, believe it or not, this happened in January of 2018. What? A state-level official mistakenly sent the residents of Hawaii an alert. Oh, my gosh. Warning them that they were about to be bombed by a missile attack. Oh. Now, of course, the alert was false, but it sent the people of Hawaii into a frenzy, scrambling for cover seeking shelter in gyms, mountain bunkers, which kind of makes me wonder how common mountain bunkers are. Not not only in Hawaii, you know, but like all over the world. Yeah, yeah. This is the second time you've used that phrase. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that would be a thing. I think I've seen that in some movies. <laughs> yeah, so have I. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know they were that common. Apparently they are. And now I kind of want to explore the mountain bunkers that we have locally here. We have a lot of mountains, so we have a lot of bunkers that we can potentially hide, I feel. I, you know what? We do have some old mine um, or what is it? Ore mines or something like that. We have some old mines. I have heard about that. Oh, copper mines. That's copper mines. Yeah. Copper mines. Sorry. Mine. So maybe we could, uh, if we had like one of those jetpacks, we could like fly there. <laughs> get to that <laughs> at least get in the mine <laughs> yeah well the craziest thing that i heard is that some people were so freaked out about this 
that they took refuge in the sewers like they were freaking Ninja Turtles. Oh, no, Donatello. <laughs> That's funny and sad. That's so crazy, That's huh? That's really sad, though. <laughs> but, okay, if 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 this is just me being like me, you know, this is, I'm always the, gotta see the silver lining to something. Mm-hmm. I bet you everybody who got that alert in Hawaii has like this newfound appreciation for life. Like, oh my God, everything's glorious. We're gonna live. You know what I mean? It definitely would make you um make you realize how precious life is. Right. So yeah, yeah I, I can I can see having a new appreciation for it. Yeah, absolutely. You see how fragile how fragile life is really. Definitely. After the FCC conducted an investigation, they learned that what had happened was that they were actually doing a drill that day. But the person that was in charge of sending out the alert misinterpreted the message and thought they were actually under attack and sent out the alert. Oh, my goodness. I wonder if that person got fired. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I didn't I didn't find that out. That's a pretty big blunder. And like, how scary for other people. I mean, who knows? I don't I don't know if anybody got PTSD from that, uh, you know. Maybe every time they got a text message for the next, like, month after that, they were like, <gasps> you know, like, super scared. I don't know. I got PTSD just reading that. I can just imagine these poor people. Right. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty scary. Now, you know, I always like to end each episode with some fun facts. Yes. Sadly, there weren't very many fun facts about FEMA, the emergency alert system, <laughs> or presidential alerts. Okay. Though this whole topic kind of felt like one large fun fact. We've got to talk about being blasted by missiles. Right. Alien invasions. Mm-hmm. Depending on your interpretation of a fun fact, you can kind of take it or leave it. But I, I thought it was very interesting. It, it is very interesting. I don't remember this text message, but all the things that come with a single text message and the people behind it and the way it really works is, it, yeah, it's It's pretty fascinating. It definitely is. So again, no fun facts, but I don't want to disappoint the listeners. Oh. So I included some facts from cdc.gov about things that you should know about disaster preparedness. And these are are really interesting also. Fun. So more than half of Americans do not have copies of crucial documents. Uh, They recommend that you make copies of crucial documents and keep them in a sealed waterproof pouch in your emergency kit. So you can easily take them with you if you need to evacuate. Some items to include are the title of your house, sorry millennials, social security <laughs> cards, passports, and birth certificates. Another helpful hint is it's a good idea to scan these documents and have them saved electronically in case anything happens to your home before you're able to evacuate. Mm-hmm. And they suggest that you keep your originals in a safe deposit box at a bank. And in case you were wondering... Mm-hmm. The average cost for a safety deposit box at a bank is $87 a year. $87 a year? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I guess that's not that bad. No. I was even thinking, yeah, it would be a good idea to put all my important documents there. Yeah. Maybe even like computer backups. Right. I'm sure we've all had those experiences where we lose like important pictures or documents that you had saved in your computer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe it might get, be a good idea to back some of those documents up on a flash drive and just keep it there at the bank. In case something were to happen. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Uh, 48% of Americans lack emergency supplies for use in the event of an emergency. Families should have an emergency kit with matches, flashlights, non-perishable foods, and water. Trying to get supplies during flooding, winter storms, or blackouts 
might not be feasible, stores might be closed, roads might not be drivable, and ATMs might not be working. So keep this in mind. Wow. How prepared are you with the um, kid of your flashlight and your uh, matches and your non-perishables? I've got the flashlight. I've got the matches. um, I've got the water covered. Uh, I think all the non-perishable food that I had expired. Okay. (laughs) I also never carry any cash on me. Oh. So it kind of made me think, you know, maybe it might be a good idea to store 40 bucks away. Yeah. You know, just in case ATMs don't work, Mm -hmm. credit card uh, machines don't work at a store. And, you know, it's possible you might not even be able to get to a store. But if you can, Mm -hmm. you at least have some cash on you. Right. Now, this one, I think, is a really good tip for any families. Mm Mm-hmm. People should have a designated meeting place with your family members. If there's a major disaster, phone lines might be down or jammed, or you or your loved ones might not even have your phones on you. Mm. And um, what they suggest is, is that you pick two places to meet, one outside of your home in case there's a fire or another sudden emergency that requires you to evacuate your home. Right. One, you want it to be outside of your neighborhood in case there's a hurricane or flooding and returning to your home area is not possible. Got it. This will make reuniting much easier as there's a planned place to meet. So, you know, maybe it might be a good idea if, you know, you and your family were to get this place, you know, just agree to meet at at a local school or church or somewhere where a landmark where you know that it's at and you just know to go there and wait for everybody else from your family to get there. Yeah, that's a really good tip for sure. And uh, more than half of parents don't have a designated meeting area. So that's something to keep in mind. I would definitely be amongst those. Although I feel like my house is so small that it's pretty much one big meeting area. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, like you can stretch really, you know, really big and you're kind of touching wall to wall. (laughs) Just kidding. kidding. Let's say there's a gas leak and they have to evacuate your whole block. Uh Where would you and your daughter know to meet? Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. I definitely will have to have a good conversation with her. I like that. Good tip. Now check out this statistic. Uh-oh. 42% of cell phone owners do not know all their immediate family members' phone numbers. Um, By memory? By memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that. So th- this is a good tip. They suggest that you make a list with the phone numbers for family members, fire and police departments, poison control, your family doctor, a trusted neighbor, not the shady one with a white windowless van who <laughs> always happens to be outside. Right. And also an out-of-town friend or relative. And put it in your emergency kit. You should also leave a copy on your refrigerator. Ah. Children should carry a list of important numbers in their backpack to use in case they're in school when a disaster happens. And you should also have a list of phone numbers on you in case you're injured and someone needs to know who to call. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I have a few people's phone numbers memorized. What if you're unconscious and your phone is not there with you? Uh, yeah, if if I'm unconscious, I mean, I don't know what else I can do. Yeah, so maybe it might be a good idea to keep a, a list of it. those important phone numbers. I'll well, it if you want to be drastic, Isela, <laughs> I say you, you don't have to go to <laughs> to ridiculous extremes. But Damn it. I know. What if I just tattoo it right here on my rib cage because not everybody really sees it? <laughs> but if, you know, if I'm unconscious, I'm like, oh my God, I'm kidding. But yeah, it might just be easier just to keep it in your wallet or in your purse. Yes. Fantastic idea. Wow. I will definitely do that. Although I do like the idea of tattooing it on you. 
And then when they find your body, they're not going to know if it's like a list of all your victims or something. Exactly. They're like, oh my God, what kind of sick lady was this? <laughs> That's it. Very cool. And we hope that you enjoyed the show and that you join us again next week. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on the gram and the tweets at greetingstac. Email us at greetingstac at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have a story to share with us. Thank you.